That pass through for Cousins. His shot blocker saves Swayman. It was oh. behind him. And McAvoy behind the goaltender batted it out of the air. That was on its way. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 73. 73. The Charlie McAvoy episode. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy, the bona fide stallion as we all know him. Um, did you see um did you see the a lot of people have been putting out their mock rosters for Team USA? Because Gary Bettman I, had a little he had a little teaser that they yeah. might be some players in international hockey, and Dude. Charlie McAvoy is the top defensive pairing. I love it. Yeah, dude, he said something about a best on best, right? I know that yeah. is that's been rumored for a little bit. Um, I also saw wasn't Swayman left off most of the mock? Uh, yeah, yeah, because well, um, um, I know like a lot of a lot of the lists I saw were from people from the athletics, like they were putting their own list together. But I don't remember, I, I don't remember who the guy is on Twitter. Um, but he's the one who tweets like a lot of like the scorecards and stuff. I and think he it's did like, Fresh, right? Yes, Jay yes, because he, he did like a fan vote and um, like mm-hmm. the fan vote, it was uh, Hellebuck, Ottinger and uh, was it that? I think Thatcher Demko. Demko, yeah, yeah, yeah and, Demko. And Swayman was the fourth guy, but he was on the list the previous go around and he got bumped off this one. Dude, I mean, <laughs> that list of goalies could flip flop anyway and you'd be like, Fuck, how is that guy left off? Like you t- oh, you yeah. put in Swayman, but you leave out Ottinger. It's like, damn, how is Ottinger not on this list? Or flip it with Demko and Hellebuck. Like Oh yeah, dude. USA is so deep and they're and they're uh defensemen too. Like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I was seeing people say, like, oh, like, you know, Team USA. I saw a guy on TikTok, and I feel like people who make hockey videos on TikTok, oh, you know, I don't always know what they're talking about. And they were saying that like, oh, Team USA is a wagon. Correct, but they were like Team USA, the heavy favorite. Who is competing with this team? And I was reading the comments, and everybody was like, Canada, 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 like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, come on, it's the best team in the world. But um, no, I, I, I don't know, I don't know if if Gary was talking about sending them to the Olympics or if they were gonna do like a you know like the World Cup of Hockey thing that they did with like Team North America and all that stuff with all the young guns they did a couple of years ago. Yeah. But um boy, I mean how many times have we talked about USA hockey? And that's not even including the freaking world junior championship they got going on right now. Shout out Canada for losing in the final seconds against um tough checked. I mean that sucks. But Team USA just beat the freaking brakes off of Latvia. So they're going on. But um 
dude, uh, the checks are disgusting. Yeah, they're no, so, they're have you so been good. See, have you been able to see any of the tournament? No, I've seen like almost none of the games because of work. Like it, it's tough because they're the games are so spread out time wise sporadically through the day. And for most of the time I'm working and it's not easy to kind of stream those through your phone or, or through the radio. Yeah. So I've just kind of been keeping up based on Twitter and kind of talking to you guys too. But speaking of Canada losing, I mean, silver lining Matthew Potter is coming back <laughs> Matthew Potter is coming back the prince who was promised he's returning finally yes, he's <laughs> it's been such a long time he's been missed his uh, his absence has been felt in the locker room it's funny yeah. how he leaves suddenly here goes a skid I mean I know the Bruins have won three in a row now but <laughs> he leaves boom four game losing streak yeah I mean I'm sure like honestly having a young kid like him performing I, that has to bring the energy of the locker room up by like 10 notches, right? Because everybody's rooting for this kid. Everybody's playing like, you know, to help this kid out. Kid out and it's just kind of like a, like an energy booster for the rest of the team, right? Like having him in the lineup and performing, like that jacks you up. Oh yeah. And also too, like I know it, it didn't end, his uh, World Junior Championship didn't end exactly how he wanted it to. And like a lot of people were saying there was a, a, kind of a mixed bag of emotions in terms of his performance in the uh, World Junior Championship. I mean, on paper, I think he had like four points in five games. He was really good for the most part. He struggled. I think Brett actually was talking. Brett was talking about it today. I should pull up the tweet. But he was saying, I think it was against, it might have been Latvia or something, or, or maybe Sweden that he struggled in like the second half of that game or something like that. But for all things considered, he played pretty well. Um, but like he is pissed. And I think that there was yeah. a quote after the loss today saying like this, like it just, it was, it was devastating losing that game today so not only are the Bruins getting Matthew Potter back but they're getting a pissed off Matthew Potter back yes and I want to see what he's going to do when he comes back in the lineup and he's back playing with you know he goes from playing with a couple of 18 year old kids on his left and right and now he's back on the Bruins and he's got like Trent Frederick and JVR and either or whoever it's going to be like oh man I mean he's yeah. been missed his presence been missed Dude, he's moving from one geeky to another. I mean, <laughs> you can't get away from the geekies. But um, I mean, go, going back to uh, this little you know week of hockey since our last episode, um, there were three games played. It was the Sabres, the Devils, and the Red Wings. Um, I'm not sure how much of that Sabres game you got to catch, but obviously coming off of Christmas break, we mentioned it last episode, this is a must-win game for them, um, or at least it felt that way. And they came out and they pummeled the Sabres. Coyle had two goals. JD is hot as a piston right now. He's got two, he got two assists in that game. Um, Jeremy Swayman, 25 saves, 25 saves on 26 shots. (laughs) And um, Mason Lurai too with a goal. But there's, with Jake DeBrusque kind of heating up, and in this in this stretch of hockey, right these these previous three games, Jake DeBrusque has five points, two goals, three assists, um, and and that's coming off of a really tough beginning and start to the season. So hopefully, we we know he's streaky, and I think we said it last episode. Like, watch now in in January and February, he's going to go off for thirty points. Well, he only needs twenty five more. He's got plenty <laughs> of games left to go. But I mean, just in this three game stretch of hockey, he he almost did he double yeah he doubled his goal total um <laughs> and crazy. yeah and, and he he got he had 11 points he had five in this three game stretch of hockey so i mean that kind of just goes to show like the streakiness of jd and like but you can also see the 
the benefits of the offense and the team as a whole, when he's humming like this, you don't have any problems. And this is where it's frustrating. It's because it's like we, the team needs him to produce at this kind of clip in order to be a consistently, you know, um, to have a consistent offensive unit. Yeah, you know, the the consistency that's plagued him his whole career. He's always been yeah. an extremely you said it last episode too. He's always been an extremely streaky player. Um and his offense was definitely needed, I think, these last couple games, especially going off that four game losing streak to have, you know, Jake DeBrusque is playing well. Um, Zaka comes back, he's healthy, you know, McAvoy's been banged up, he's looking good. And then all of a sudden you hang 14 goals and three games. You beat the breaks off of the New Jersey Devils five to three. DeBrusque had he had an empty netter last game too, right? I think yes, yeah, I guess he, did. Memphis, he had that empty netter. He fought he for it. Yeah, and that's a Red Wings team, too. I tweeted the other day. That's a team that's absolutely had the Bruins number. I think yep. it was dating back to 2018, I believe, the Bruins, including this win uh, the other day. I think the Bruins are now 8-10 and 10 in their last 18 matchups against Detroit. It's always so. a good game. So, um, you know, it's had a good week of hockey. We saw Merkulov. That was exciting. Lorai's been playing well. I believe he had the first goal of the game against uh, the Sabres the other night. Um, and also like for, for what it's worth, like the Sabres, like this is a team that just, you know, whatever you want to say about them, like the Sabres just looked a hell of a lot. They just beat the shit out of the Bruins a couple weeks ago when you, me and Connor at the game, the Bruins did not look good that game. Yep. They got the revenge. They look like a different team this night. Uh, the devils, you know, that's a good team. I know they haven't been as hot lately as they were to start the year, but that's still a team littered with stars and the Bruins handled them pretty easily. And then the Red Wings, a team that's been a thorn in the Bruins side that beat them pretty easily too. So it's been encouraging after that the way that they uh, ended 2023 and hopefully 2024 continues with uh, the way that these last couple games have gone here. Yeah. So that, that Sabres game after the break obviously was a really big tell. Um, Had the Bruins lost that game after the Christmas break and kind of went into Buffalo flat footed again, I would have been nervous. I would have been like, okay. Yeah. I would have been like, okay, this team actually has like some problems. Um, Yeah. But obviously they get that win and then they take on New Jersey in Boston. And that was kind of another test, too. It was like, okay, like you guys got the win after the Christmas break against Buffalo, a team you should be. Now let's see what you do against New Jersey, a team that's kind of been struggling. um, Not as good as they should be. Obviously, the goaltending is a mess, but you saw New Jersey come out with a quick, you know, two nothing lead on the B's. Early in the second period, uh, Luke Hughes made that lead to nothing. But then the Bruins stormed back. JD again. And, and I want to talk about JD's goal after. Um, but uh, Pasta with two. Kevin Shattenkirk with two. Shout out to Kevin Shattenkirk. 100 goals in his career. boy, Way to do it in the black and gold. <laughs> um, but I think Coyle had two assists that game as well. So it was a big night for, for offense. Um, and, and a lot of guys really contributing pasta with three points that night too. But Jake DeBrusque, when he scored that goal, and this is this is what I think he's been lacking in the beginning half of the season, essentially, is he's at his best when he just takes the puck and he drives the net. Right. And he just takes the puck to the net and creates chaos. And that goal against New Jersey, when he basically Bobby Ord his way to the net and just like put it right past, I forget who was playing goal, Schmid, maybe Vanacek, I, I forget. Um, but that's what I want to see more out of him. 
I want to see him kind of take the puck to the net. I want to see him use his body, not just shoot the puck from the outside, hope for a rebound, stuff like that. He's at his best when he carries the puck in. That's when he's a menace. Yeah, and another thing too, <clears throat> I know that, uh, I mean, we were talking a lot too previously about uh, adversity and kind of what this team would look like in the face of it. I know last episode we spent some some time talking about how ever since that win against San Jose, or actually it might have included that win against San Jose, they were like two, three, and three in their or in their last like what's that eight games? Right, I had yeah. to count on my fingers there for that one. <laughs> they were like two, three, and three in their last eight games. Clearly a far cry from how last season went, how the beginning of this season went. They just look like a totally different team. And we have been talking about like what's this team going to look like when they face adversity? How are they going to react to it? More importantly, what's Jim yeah. Montgomery going to do? Because we haven't seen we know he's a great coach but we, i mean it's been all roses for him we haven't seen him have to coach this team through a dry spell through when things aren't clicking everybody's screaming what the hell is up with all these line combinations like i'm not saying that people have doubt in jim montgomery but like just a, a, a quick scroll through twitter a week ago and you'd be like holy shit like you think this <laughs> team was in last place where the people were talking about him yeah. um but i wanted to mention too i know ty anderson uh, tweeted the other day the quote from jim montgomery when they asked him about like what's it been like lately like losing at the it was december 28th so i think this was uh was that the the that was the day after they beat the sabers so this yes. was right after they just ended their four game losing streak they asked him about you know what it was like struggling and montgomery said he was actually happy that the bruins have struggled a bit and he said quote it sucks going through it but we'll be better for it so i don't know i thought that was kind of encouraging i feel like you know you can either kind of wallow in your team's performance or you can turn something out of it and um, I know that the way that they had been playing over that last stretch or so was just terrible and didn't look like the Bruins at all. But I thought that the way that they played against the Sabres was inspiring. The way that they beat the Devils was inspiring. And the way that they were able to turn around and beat the Red Wings as well. They were four-game losing streak to a three-game winning streak. I'll take it. So they seem to bounce back from that pretty well. And uh, now they got Potter coming back, and I'm hoping they can continue this, this into the next couple games here. I don't know who they have coming up. Actually, let me look at their schedule now. Well, so I wanted to ask you a question, right? Because um, shout out to Brandon Edmondson, because he sent me this this um, old clip that I think it was the 2018 Bruins that they use in their playoff hype video. Um, and I'll play it afterwards. But does it worry you that there's so many rookies in the lineup, right? Obviously, guys like Beecher. Um, I guess you can consider Steen. Um, Mason Lorai, Matthew Patra, Georgie Merkulov, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. I feel like I am. Um, apologies if I am to whoever I'm forgetting, but I can't think of their name at the, off, you know, at the top of the, uh, at the moment. But um, does it worry you that there's so many young guys in this lineup? Um, I don't know if it if it worries me per se, but I th I just think it's another element that makes this team different. Like forever, the Bruins have always been literally they've been an old team for as long as I can remember. Right. They've lost half their team like the last two to three seasons now, and um, maybe it's something that we're just not used to having this. I know I'm certainly not used to watching a Bruins team with this many rookies and, and young players in it, but I think it's a bit of a double edged sword because I think on on one hand 
it's definitely helpful to have veterans in your locker room. And the Bruins do have that. I mean, they have Marshawn, they have Coyle, Post is a veteran now, McAvoy's a veteran now, Lindholm's a veteran. I mean, they have these guys who have been around the NHL for a while um, who are there to take these young guys under their wing. But at the same time, too, like, I think you can also find value in guys who just say, like, I don't give a shit. Like, yes. like, I don't care who we're playing tonight. I don't care what's going on. And I'm not saying that the veterans don't do that. But, like, I think that it's really... I think it's healthy to have kind of a, a, a mix of having young guys with those old guys in your locker room. I think that there's more benefits than there is uh, doubts, I guess, in having that. But I think the most important thing is that even though there are young guys in this in this uh, lineup, the majority of this team are part of that 65 win season last year who got bounced in seven in the first round. And I promise you, they do not forget that. So yeah. it, it, it would it, it, like I think that there's something to be said to have a team filled with veterans and filled with leaders. And the Bruins have always had that. But um, I think having a mix of the old guys and the young guys, and most importantly, all these guys still have those fresh wounds from what happened last year. I, I, I love it. I love the way that the team is constructed with the balance they have between old and young. This is why I think the big issue with the team is there's too many young guys. There's too many out there who are running around who don't know what they're doing. I think the Bruins season is over. I think they're done. Too young. Too, too young. So the clip that I played was the um, 98.5, the Felker clip, the too young. Like, too, too young. Like, that clip. And it kind of reminds you of that because a lot of guys are saying, you know, Mason is not ready. Um, Matthew Potcher, really a 19-year-old kid. You're going to bring him in here and expect him to play on a basically nightly basis? Like, really? You're going to call up Oscar Steen? Really? Johnny Beecher? This kid has been a bum in Providence. You're going to let him be your 4C? And they stuck in the lineup and they said, really? Watch this. And they're a, they're a cog in this fucking dynamite team, dude. It's 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 so refreshing to see and like you said too it's such a healthy mix of older veteran guys who have been there done that and these new rookie young kids in the lineup who are just bringing energy in and that juice to every game and the, the the way that there's so many right it's so healthy for montgomery especially to be like hey you know what scene you've been playing a couple games in a row here let's sit you let's get I don't know, Georgie Merkulov in tonight. Hey, um, Laura, you've played a couple games. Um, why don't you take this, sit this one out, take a breather. Uh, Shattenkirk, you're in. Or Forbert, when you're back, you come in. Laura, go sit tonight. Or, you know, Laura, you've been sitting up there for a couple nights. Let's Your legs are going. You look good in practice. Get in this game and get the guys going. Like, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, and and like a lot of these young guys too, like, the guys that have been in the lineup consistently, like, you know, I won't include Merkula. We can talk yeah. about, you know, Patra, Patra, Beecher, and Lorai. I mean, like, like these guys have, like, they, I mean, they've paid their dues. I mean, Beecher's been in the, in Providence for like four or five years now. I mean, I know um, uh, Mason Lorai hasn't been in the system for that long. I feel like he's the one. Um, um, what's the like blue chip? I don't know. He's the one, one outlier. That's what we're looking yeah. for. <laughs> and, you know, and Potter of course came right over from the OHL, but like, the, like these guys, like the way that they carry themselves, like you, they do not look like Potter does not look like a 19 year old kid. And I don't just no. mean that on the ice, but like off the ice as well. Like he carries himself 
so well. And you, he, you, he, he can walk into any locker room and fit to that team like a glove. You can say the same thing about Laura. I know that he's not as polished of a player as you would like him to be right now. The offense is there. The defense is still a work in progress. Yeah. But like Johnny Beecher too. I mean, like these guys, like they're not. I don't like. I know that they're young and they're rookies, but like the way that they carry themselves and the way like. They don't feel like rookies to me, damn it. Like, they, yeah, like they I don't, don't know. Like They don't look like when I see them on the ice, I'm not like, oh, shit, you know, there's the young guy or there's a 19-year-old kid. I think that they definitely try to do some stuff that they they have elements of their game that they need to work on that I think are going to phase out of their game. You know, some of the overplaying, whether it be Loire stepping up what he shouldn't have or maybe Potter getting lost in the defensive zone or what have you. Like, that comes with playing. And that part of, of being a rookie is still part of their games. But I think that, like, I don't know. Like they weren't all like top 10 picks. Like they're not like the Bruins aren't relying on these guys to power their team to victory every night. And I think that that's what makes them different than some of these other teams who might be relying on, on their youth. Like I know like Anaheim or Chicago or Columbus, like they're not making the playoffs anytime soon. Like I like, they're just, you know, they're developing these guys. So, but the Bruins, I feel like their, their rookies are in such a unique position where they don't have to be that guy every night and they don't have to, take on a bigger role than they're needed. And I think that that's what kind of helps beautifully balance this team between your Marshawns, your Pasternak's and some of these other guys who are making their first starts of the year. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> just refreshing to see, you know, these guys actually get a chance and then stick here too, you know, like not make a mistake and then be benched for four games or get sent back down to Providence. Like, yeah. Instead of getting past. benched for four games, they just get benched for the whole third period. Right. So, uh, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> no, but it's, it's nice too, because a lot of these guys, like, like in the past, like you hear about a Bruins, uh, a guy in Providence, a young guy who's doing well, or maybe the Bruins have a first round pick. We haven't had one of those in a few years, or maybe they have a guy that they call up a, a teenager and he's looking good. And it's like, Oh, Oh, he's getting traded. Or it's like, oh, yeah. okay, you know, they're just calling up so-and-so from the AHL so we can audition for the other NHL scouts because he's going to be packaged in a deal and sent off because the Bruins, their window every year was closing. The talk every season was, this is the last year. This is the last year. This is the last year. And because of that, they just kept pushing all of these rookies and these picks and these young players into a pile and just sending them out for whoever they could. And some of those trades were amazing and they built an incredible core. We've had some incredible players come through the Bruins system in the last couple of years. But because of that, we've like as as fans, as an organization, we've been so starved for some of these young players. And like now we have some and it's it's a revelation. It's a revelation. Like, I love it. And to see them, yeah. you know, mix with some of these old heads, too. I don't know. Like it, I, nobody expected the Bruins to start off the way that they did. I mean, if you I think Lobel said it in our last episode, if you had told me on. September 1st or whenever the, you know, right before the season started that, you know, come new year, the Bruins are going to have the fourth best record in the league. I would have slapped you across the face. Like, yeah, it, like come on. you know, <laughs> all things considered, like with, with the mix of players on this team, with Potra leaving and going to play in Canada with Lori coming up and down, you got, they've had injuries, all the dysfunction and the adversity of this team has faced over the last three weeks or so month or so, like they're in a prime position. They're still first in the Atlantic. They're still humming. Players are getting healthy. Potra's coming back. We got eighty million dollars in cap space next year. Whatever the hell it is, like we got, <laughs> we're only we're only like two or three years removed now from having our first round pick back. Like, come on, yeah. baby! Like the time's now. <laughs> the time is now. I think honestly, too. I think the team is set up better than most people think that they are, especially with yeah. the emergence of Matthew Potra. Georgie Merkulov looks promising. He didn't look out of place in that. In, in his first call up um 
obviously Mason Lori that that frees up a spot taken by Derek Forbert in the future. <laughs> um, but but it's exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bruins also finish off, you know, uh, Detroit five, three wins. So the Bruins are on a three game winning streak currently sitting at 22, seven and six. That is good for first place in the division by four points. Um, Florida and Toronto take the second and third spots. Um, Tampa and Toronto are actually tied at 41, but Detroit you know, is sneaking up. You know what else I saw too? I, I want to find it because uh, it was a great tweet. Uh, Andrew from Short Shift tweeted it. Oh, hang on. Let me try to find it. What was um, it? It was about, it was comparing this, the Bruins. Oh, here it is. Um, his Twitter name is regular season. Andrew, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew short shift. He is also host of short shift pod and puck off. Um, he said, if Bruins fans want some perspective on the mediocre last six weeks that they've had, the golden Knights are now 11, 11 and five since starting 11, Oh, and one, which I did not think because in that same 27 game stretch, as he said here, the Bruins record is 15, seven and five. So I feel yeah. like a lot of the talk here has been, what the hell's going on with the Bruins? I, people are now saying uh, on Twitter, like the Bruins are now sliding into the fraud categories. This isn't the wagon of the team that we saw the first couple weeks of the year. Whereas the Vegas Golden Knights, who I believe were the last undefeated team in the season this year, you're defending Stanley cup champions in the same stretch that they've gone 11, 11 and five, the Bruins have gone 15, seven and five. And here we are yeah. every day saying that the sky is falling. <laughs> um, so I thought that that was it. I, I didn't know that. I thought I saw that last night. And I was like, Oh shit. Cause even I like, you know, like I watched some of these games like, wow, the Bruins look really bad tonight. Like this is yeah. not, this does not look good. And then to kind of, you know, step back and put it in a perspective. They're fine. Well, that kind of goes back to last season too. I think, what were they like 65, 12 and something like, yes, just something I, silly. I, I think last year's team kind of poisoned the minds of people a little bit. Like we just had a four game losing streak. Like it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, but because of last year and how good and dominant they were, plus the start of this year, the best start in franchise history. Um, we're not used to seeing losing streaks like that. So when it happens, the the red flag meter is a little tilted too much, if that makes any sense. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but but at this point, I think we can. Do we get voicemails this week? Uh, let me check the the Lovo line. You mean the Lovo line? Yeah. Let me see. Um, we had oh baby one two three four five six calls. On the Lovel line, all six, six are from Louisville. All six are from Louisville. <laughs> all right, let's hear him. All right, this first one is from Wednesday at ten thirty. You think we're on his uh, speed dial? We gotta be, dude. We have to be. <laughs> what was the date on Wednesday? Was that a, was that the the Sabers game? Wednesday, I believe, was the Sabers game. I'll double check. Um, oh see. yeah, yeah. This is against the Sabers because he references it in his okay. voicemail. All right, here's. Voicemail number one from Louisville. The bees are back in the wind call, baby. <laughs> Fire up the duck boats, plan the parade, and the bees are back. They're going for the cup. Just beat the piss out of the Buffalo Sabres. 4-1 victory. Charlie Coyle's a hat-trick. But, you know, it's what it is. Um, that reminds me. 
question. Uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres wore their Goathead jerseys tonight. And uh, I was wondering, what jersey do you think the Bruins uh, could kind of do a similar concept to how they brought those back as throwbacks as their thirds? Um, yeah, what jersey would you like to see them uh, do the same thing with? For me, I'd like to see the Bruins wear those... Uh, <laughs> Where those, I think it's like the Mark Savard era third jerseys, um, with kind of like that, like, I want to say like a trapezoid logo, with those Bruins, it's got the bear, uh, going over the top, all black jerseys, those are sweet. See those, uh, I was around the garden again, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> dude honestly those jerseys those thirds like the all black with the yellow stripes and the third logo in the middle like the player that i think of the most when i see those jerseys is, is sean thornton i just I immediately picture sean thornton beating the shit out of chris neal in those jerseys oh, yeah you know they've had some they've had some honestly some really good third jerseys i still think one of my favorite jerseys and i know it it's kind of a cop out because it was just last year, but the white Pooh Bear jerseys that they had, oh, so good, phenomenal. But hot take: this is a jersey that nobody ever, ever, ever talks about because it was in like the freaking nineteen twenties. But yeah. whenever you look at the Bruins, there's like three or four logos that are synonymous with the Bruins. Of course, it's the spoked B and every variation of the spoked B. There's the bear. I remember they had the third jersey a couple years ago with like, you know, the, the walking bear on the crest kind of thing. They wear it on their shoulders now. There was that bear. Yeah. Um, they had the poo bear. They had the meth bear. But in like the 1920s, the Bruins, one of their their jerseys, it said Bruins across the front, but it was written in like the U. I've mentioned it before. It was written in like the UCLA, like cursive font. Yeah. And uh, if they could have a modern take on that, I think that that could look unbelievable. If they had like, I don't know how they wanted to do it. I haven't. When's the last time the Bruins have worn an all gold jersey? I mean, they could have a gold jersey with like oh. Bruins across it in black or something. Because like the Bruins jerseys, they've always looked. What is that? I'm I'm trying to see if this is the right one. I I can't tell if this is a custom jersey or if, if this is. Yeah, that's that's it's that the one? same logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's clean. It was in like the twenties. Yep. Um, yep. Um, yeah, but if you could wear something like that, I never see them have a jersey that's primarily just gold. I think the last time I remember that was their Winter Classic jersey in 2011. I think, I think it was the Pooh Bears, right? The Pooh Bears were like the all gold. Oh, their primary? Kinda. Yeah, that was probably the last time because even their, cause their away jerseys now are white. But if they could yeah. have a gold jersey with like Bruins written like that and that kind of like cursive font, oh man, that could look so clean. I was thinking like the, you know, the reverse retro logo, obviously the bear. Mm -hmm. What if what if they spiced that up a little bit and made it look mean, but kind of did something similar that they used in the reverse retro jersey with like the the um, striping and like the kind of I, would, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like kind of wavy, I guess, like retro look to the stripes. If you could do something like that with the, with a tweaked out bear that looks mean, and I don't mean the meth bear, but like just something that looks a little bit intimidating. I think that could be cool too. You know what else would be neat as well is um I don't know if they've ever done it, but one thing that I've always really liked about like what the Rangers do for example is how it says New York on it. Like if the Bruins had a jersey that just said Boston. That'd be cool. Like 
almost like how BU does it, like just big letters and gold right across the chest, Boston. That would be pretty cool because, like, you know, it's loud and proud, and so is the city of Boston. I don't know. I think that that, that could be fun. But like, I, now I feel like I've before. Now's the time to introduce sorry. a new Jersey kid if they want to do that because you know they have the whole centennial thing this year. They're gonna go back to their old jerseys next year. Spice it up. Let's get a new a new era of Bruins hockey is about to start. Let's yeah. introduce some jerseys with it as well. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen one that says Boston. It's almost like the Happy Gilmore font, and it just says Boston across the front. I'm mm. trying to find it right now, but it, it is clean. It is I know clean. that one of their older ones, when they were still like brown and gold, said uh, Boston, and it had like a like a bear above it or something. Yeah, know, they can do something cool like that, but they got options. All right, let's see here. All right, here's a second voicemail. This is from Saturday at 10 p.m. So this is uh, right after the Bruins beat the Devils 5-2. to two. Here is what Laura can tell. This is going to be a good one. Bruins thing, once again, big 5-2 win over the Devils. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> McAvoy. I want to know what you guys think of... Uh, his injury scares this year. It feels like he's like that uh, that kid you played hockey with. He's like always getting injured. Like he goes down. He's like, oh yeah, his coach has come out. Everyone on the bench like, oh my god, did he smile or whatever? <laughs> he's like back like two shifts later. I feel like McAvoy this year. I hope it's not serious. That'd be fucking dope. That'd be bad. That'd be jinxing him right now. But uh, Razor, I think it was Razor, did say. Uh, in the post game, he'll be fine. He'll be back tomorrow or whatever. But yeah, what do you guys think of McAvoy and his multiple injury scares this year? Yeah, dude, he's getting hurt like every game, and and it's not yeah. it's not his fault. Like he's you know he's a hard nosed player. He's always where the action is. It's just part of his style. But like I think in this in this, these last three games, he what he had that shoulder injury where he got hit in the corner. Which yep. like looking on looking at it from TV, like it didn't look bad at all, and, and those are the injuries that honestly concern you the most because those are the ones where it's a hidden injury you don't know what's happening. And he was in pain on the bench, but luck, thank goodness, he came back. And then uh, was it against Detroit where he just slid into the net and like hurt his knee or whatever it was? Like yeah. And this is a week and a half after getting an elbow in the face and and being and missing like two to three games. So it's weird he's been getting a lot of fluke injuries it seems like especially as of late and it's really weird too because he always it always seems so devastating right it's like oh like he's gonna be out for a while and then a shift goes by and he's back on the ice as if nothing happened i'm like dude like are you like what is are you okay he either he either should have went to acting school or he's the toughest son of a bitch i've ever seen in my entire life because when he has like when he Hurt his shoulder. It looked like he just took a shotgun to the chest. Yeah, like he was in pain when he was on the bench, and I didn't. I thought he was done. I was like, "Oh boy, here we go. We just got him back, and now he's out again." Sure as hell, he's out there on the ice two shifts later. Yeah, it's like like you said, he's either the best actor, um, he's tough as nails, or he has like the lowest pain tolerance ever. Where like he gets nicked, and he's just like, "Ah shit!" Like ah, I need I need to go sit down for a second. And it's like, dude, you just like. You it might bruise. be all three, honestly. I'll tell you the it one when be. he fell into when he fell into the goalie. Yes, uh, the other day that one actually can that one that one kind of scared me because it reminded me of when Stamkos went into the net like eight years yeah. ago when he broke his leg on the post I was, and the way that McAvoy was rolling around and he was holding his knee. It's like, oh god, here you know we we just got him back. We just had a scare with him the other night when he got hit in the corner, and now here we go again. 
sure as hell two shifts go by and he's back out there on the ice again and it's like my god what is this guy made out of shout out to the trainers i guess (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah all right we got uh we got another four this one is from sunday night at 751 this is um this is new year's eve right yeah that was this is new year's eve um all right let's see what lobo said That's a good question. I mean, Jake DeBrusque consistency. Um, a healthy a healthy lineup. I think that's yeah. my New Year's resolution. Just a healthy lineup for Jim Montgomery to work with. That was going to be my thing, too. Um, I was going to specify a position, but, I mean, they've had defensemen banged up. They've had forwards banged up. Thank the Lord that their goalies have been healthy because if one of those two guys goes down for an extended amount of time, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Like then I am nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but you know, I think health is definitely one and uh, consistency from the team as a whole. I know you said Jake DeBrusque, but like, like last week we were talking about how this defensive core was looking like freaking Swiss cheese over the last week and a half. Like they can be so hit and miss sometimes. And I feel like part of that too goes hand in hand with the injury problems. Cause it seems like they have a different third pairing every single night. There's always guys going in and out of the lineup, but um, consistency from that and more offensive output. They exploded these last couple games, back to back five goal games against the devils and red wings had followed a four goal game against the Sabres. Um, but all of this comes right back to consistency. So yeah. those would be my resolutions. All right. Here's another one. This is also from Sunday at 830. I hope everyone has a hand over their chest. <laughs> Take your hat off. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Is this all he does? <laughs> no way. He called us on New Year's Eve at 8.30 to sing the national anthem. I thought this was Tony and Joey. Are you sure this is Lowell? I hope the next one is the Canadian anthem. <laughs> Listen to him. He's belting it. I like to think that he's standing in his room right now with his hat off and his hand across his chest. I imagine him having like a Coors Light box on his feet, just standing there with like the Bruins jacket on. He's making his whole family stand up in the living room. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, he's still going. <laughs> if Tony and Julie ever needs a night off. <laughs> you got your audition tape right here. Free <laughs> in the home of the 
Chris. <laughs> All right, there's two more. This one is, uh, he actually sent this one in two minutes after he sang the Star Spangled Banner. Happy birthday, America! 2024. He's hammered. <laughs> Thank you for listening to my national anthem. Let's go, Bruin! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it was hammered. All right, the last one was Monday afternoon at 2.22 p.m. What up, boys? Just woke up. There I'm over. You know, Year of the bees. <laughs> we got the whole... <laughs> Instead of the minute and a half phone call at 8.30, just the entire phone call is him singing the national anthem. Two minutes later, he calls back as a drunk rant thanking us for listening to his anthem. And then at 2.30 the next morning, the boys are hungover. I just woke up. I'm hungover. That, that, my friends, is the Wolf line. Oh, my God. That was awesome. That was awesome. Sounds like he had a good New Year's, though. Um, oh yeah, but shout out to Lobel. I hope you guys all enjoyed that as much as we did. Um, jumping over the DMs, did you get one from Jack this week? No, we did not this week. He must have been celebrating Jack. the new year. Hey, if there's ever gonna be a week where you got to take off the DM from Jack, it'll be this year. I hope he's enjoying his vacation, uh, and I hope you had a wonderful new year. We'll catch you next week, Jack. Hopefully. Catch you next week, Jack. But we did get a Ethan 2.0 two-parter. Again, Hey-o. so Bruin, Bruins Beach Season, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at IncredibleMrE7. He said, part one, after last game against Detroit, is Hampus Lindholm back? Hands down one of his best games this season. Part two, predict Merck's first goal. I think it could easily be tonight, a.k.a. Columbus, or against Arizona next Tuesday. P.S. Monty, give us back beach season. <laughs> so, yeah, I certainly hope Lindholm's back. He looked really good. He had, I remember I tweeted, he had one play where um, he chased a guy all the way. The, it was like a 2 1 1 or something, and he chased the guy all the way down from uh, the other blue line and caught him from behind and ended the play. But no, he looked good the other night. I hope that this is more of what we're going to see from Hampus Lindholm because Bruins have been missing uh, the Lindholm they had last year. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Bruins need him to continue to play the way that he did against Detroit. He looked really good. He was solid. It just looked like he was playing his game. Like he was just yeah. like not overthinking it, not trying to force things. Um, he just looked solid. So hopefully that continues. Um, Merck's first goal. I don't know if he's going to make it all the way to Tuesday against Arizona now that Potch is coming back. Um, so it's going to be tonight. Yeah, because that's in. That's in. A week from tonight, I don't know if he's going to still be in the lineup. That's there's three games in between tonight's game and that Arizona game. Um, maybe Pitt. May, I'm kind of feeling a goal for Merck against Pitt on Thursday if this he's in how, the lineup. This is how it's going to happen. I'm going to say it happens tonight against Columbus. So if you're listening okay. to this, it just happened last night. It's going to be the <laughs> second goal of the game. Well, sorry. Second goal for the Bruins. It's going to make the score two to one. It's going to be in front of the net. He's going to be screening the goalie. There's going to be a rebound. He's going to turn around, and just tap it home. You just heard it first from me. So I like that's it. how it's happening. I like it. Yeah, I say. I, I say. I would Pitt. love if it was like a bar down snipe, but he does look good though. I, he does not look out of place. Um, yeah. 
all right so let's see here as we jump into the dms we asked you guys to send some questions and we got some good ones here um first one comes in from ace over at two pad stack that he does with burge um follow him on twitter at ace in 603 he said what do you do with potra now send down merc when he's back yep uh i don't know somebody actually um front of the show cam at camo 0123 said i doubt they'll do this but they could try to make a less physical more offensive potential fourth line if they are dead set on keeping both of them he said in his opinion merc goes back but his lines with both of them in are zaka geeky pasta marshawn potra jd jvr coil freddy heinen beecher merc Ooh, Heinen Beecher Merc. That could be fun. That could be a good line, dude. Yeah. No, I don't know what they do, bad. dude. I, I, th- I, my gut tells me, and I think we said this too in last episode. Um, unless he lights it up, he, I think he's going back down. I think yeah. he's gonna get get a taste of Boston, get what it's like, you know, what it's like to to play up here with the big boys, and then go back down to Providence and keep doing your thing. But I, I it's think a confidence booster. I hope he goes down to Providence and tells Lysel how great it was to let a fire in his butt. <laughs> Although Lysel the other night did have a fire lit under his butt. You see him he drop did. the mitts and get in that fight? He I wants to it. be up here so bad, dude. I have a feel he feel oh, he must feel so left out. He's like, all my boys he are must, getting called dude. up. Everybody's getting called up. Everybody's coming back to Providence with stories, and he still hasn't even had a taste yet. I mean, give I the know. guy a chance, damn it. I, I I think at some point this year he, he might get a game or two here or there, but no, I think when Potcher comes back, because um, that fourth line's been humming too. I don't like. I don't. I don't really want to make moves. Honestly, dude, that fourth move. that fourth line hums with anybody as long as Beecher is down the middle. You could throw like a combination of Steen and Lauko. I mean, you could even throw like Lauko, Beecher, Brown. I mean, I know Brown's not. You watch your damn mouth. <laughs> the line was still okay. Also, I saw a stat the other day. Just total tidbit. But the Bruins with Patrick Brown in the lineup. Can you guess their record? He's played nine Owen games. Five. Oh, uh, oh, and nine. No, 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 wait, no, no, no realistic guess. Yeah. It sounded like you were saying an S, so I want to say <laughs> six, two, and one. Seven, one, and two. Six, two, and one doesn't even. Oh, yeah, that equals nine. Seven, no, one, and two when Brown's in the lineup? <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yep. So that's an interesting little tidbit. But, um, Must be really good at opening those bench doors. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly a locker room guy. I mean, I don't know what else <laughs> he can bring. Guy. He that's fills it. those water bottles up so well. So well, dude. He makes sure they're all tight. Makes sure that when he squeezes them, the cap doesn't <laughs> pop off. <laughs> Sprinkles in a little bit of the Gatorade powder to have a little taste for the boys. He's making the pregame peanut butter and sandwiches for everybody. Yeah, I mean, hell, he might even throw a little, you know, like a little pink whitney nymph in there <laughs> just when, sneak uh, it in there loosen up the boys when monty comes in at the end of the period and yells at the team as soon as he leaves he's the one who's like what was that all about now that you say it i can totally picture <laughs> i can totally picture monty coming in there pissed off yelling throwing towels around like knocks over the hamper towels are everywhere clothes are everywhere their locker room silent all of a sudden, the hero that everybody needs, Patrick Brown, stands up in the middle of the room, goes over to the mess, picks up a towel, and he goes, Hey, boys, that, you know, that, that's got to fire us up, boys. And he picks up all the towels, hands everybody a towel, gets them all fired up. It's, I don't know. It's, I was, like, 
It's like the meme where like coach comes in and he's yelling at everybody and he's mad and he's calling guys out. He's throwing sticks and water bottles. And as soon as he leaves, Patrick Brown stands up and he's like, guys, coach is right. <laughs> we guys, gotta look at each other and hold each other accountable. Guys, did you hear what Coach Jim just said to us? When he whacks the other guy's shin pads, step it up. Let's go. Yeah, he, he didn't realize the guy already. He took his pads off. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's the real reason Derek Forbert's been out for two months. <laughs> no, realistically though, I feel like Montgomery comes in and he's mad and he's letting the guys have it. You know they. They're on that four-game losing streak, and, you know, this guy doing that wrong. This guy, you can't do this right. Figure it out. He slams the door, leaves, and Patrick Brown is probably like, oh, man, what the hell's that guy's problem, huh? You know, just <laughs> cutting attention, making everybody laugh. He's team jester. Everybody needs one of those, and when he yeah. plays, the Bruins win. Hey, the vibes are high when he's in the lineup. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, shout out to Ace. So yeah, yeah, shout out to Ace. Um, also, shout out to Pat Stack. Make sure you give both of them a follow. But this next question comes in from Pasta Party. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Pasta Parties. They said, if the Bruins were to resign DeBrusque this offseason, what do you think the salary slash years would be? He's a streaky player. Um, we Let's were say this. about this the other day with, uh, with Brett, right? Yes. He was saying, he was saying how... Um, Oh, I thought he said he heard that he could get six and a half or something. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him more than five. I wouldn't no. give him more than five in AAV. I would give him. Sorry, no. You you say what you were gonna say first before I throw my number out there. Well, I was gonna kind of throw a hypothetical because we all know I'm so great at hypotheticals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but say he puts up a season this year. Say he puts up somewhere between like 45 and 52 points, something like that. Right. Because right now, I mean, he's at, uh, what was it? Five points in his last three games. So now he's at 16 points, probably on pace for around that number. Maybe go, uh, I will say four years, no higher than five. So that's my number. 20 mil. Yeah, I would I would do four by five. Maybe four and do. a half. Um I had a number in my head. I just want to see what the AAV would be. But say he's say he's as sucky as he was when we when the season first started. Because without this three game stretch, I mean he's still probably only around like twelve points. Yeah. If if he continues that trend, maybe four years four mil a year. I would I would give him Right, uh, right now, I would give him four years, eighteen mil. That would be four and a half per. I would feel, I would feel okay with that. So season season ends today, four but, by four and a half. Yeah, but that's the problem. Okay, because I feel like uh, like Jake DeBrusque when he's Jake DeBrusque is worth more than that. Like this is a guy who's been knocking on the on the door of thirty goals a couple times in his career. He's still only twenty seven. He hasn't necessarily been playing bad. I know he's an analytical darling. He just can't put the puck in the back of the net. And like, I feel like it's like he's gonna he's gonna break through at some point. He's not. I know, like he's broken through this week. He's more of a player. I mean, I know that you know five points in three games is ridiculous. But the Jake DeBrusque you've seen on the ice the last three games is more who he's like compared to who he's been the first offensively at least for the first twenty five games of the year or whatever long it's been. Yeah. But um. No, like, I don't know. Like, like I don't think anybody's going to give him six and a half. I'm pretty confident he's not going to get that in AAV. But if he if he tests for agency, I don't know. I feel like I could see some team maybe going up to six for him. 
And if that's the case, and if he wants to hold out and wait for that money, he's not going to take four, four and a half. So I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in Don Sweeney's shoes because I always like talking about hypothetical contracts. But that Jake DeBrusque is one. I I really I have no idea because his yeah. value it, it fluctuates. It goes up and down. Some teams might value what he does defensively uh, more than the Bruins are valuing it this year. Like there's always going to be somebody who overpays for somebody. And uh, who that team is, I feel like that player could be Jake DeBrusque this offseason. Yeah, no, it's going to be really, really, really interesting. Um, but again, that one comes in from Pasta Party. Follow them on Twitter at Pasta Parties. Um, two here from Frederick for MVP. We'll go with this one first. Follow them on Twitter at Frederick underscore MVP. But they say, who are the Bruins trade targets right now? Lindholm, question mark, Hurdle, question mark, Kraus, question mark, question mark. And I want you to take this one because your call from last week, that's all I've been thinking about, honestly, <laughs> since you said it. <clears throat> take it away. I don't want Elias Hill. I would take Elias Lindholm. I wouldn't take that contract, nor would I give up what it would cost for him. We talked about this before, too, that yeah, offensively, you're not getting much I mean I know that he's playing I was comparing him to Pavel Zaka and the line mates that Pavel Zaka has right now are a lot better than Elias Lindholm's uh, line mates in uh, Calgary but I mean they have the same amount of points this year but would you really want to double Zaka's salary for Elias Lindholm I mean I personally wouldn't he's making like he's he's gonna and he's an unrestricted free agent I am not interested in Elias Lindholm I was when the season started that was mostly because I traded for him an NHL franchise and won the Stanley Cup but this isn't a video game this is real life last yeah. week we talked about trading for Anthony Duclair and I would love Duclair I think that he's a, he's a proven top six forward he's uh I believe he had 31 goals a couple years ago I know he missed a lot of time last year but he's out in purgatory in San Jose right now I'm sure that they would trade him off for any sort of draft pick or relatively young player they could possibly get their hands on. Um, the only thing that isn't great is that he's a lefty and the Bruins need a second line right winger. I mean, somebody can play their off wing. You can move guys around. I don't care. But I feel like Duclair is a buy low guy. I think he has he has one year left on his deal. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Yes. This is, no, this is the final year of his deal. Yeah, but I believe his cap hits like three and a half mil. I so think it's, it's just really, a flat three. Oh my God. It's a really tradable contract. Right. Uh, I don't know. I've, oh, I know we talked about him last week and that was like, I said, Duclair and I saw your eyes light up and I got so excited. I can't remember the last <laughs> time I've had a good take. I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, did I get something good here. <laughs> so I was excited about that, but um, no, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, the more that the season's gone on and honestly, the more I've seen out of Pavel Zaka, the more I've been out on Elias Lindholm. Some people are still interested in him and that's fine. Personally, I just, I wouldn't want to give up, you know, what uh, his value is. I know we talked about it last week as well. Um, Ethan 2.0 was talking about uh, Frost from Philly. That could be a good pickup. Um, but I, I, I know you have talked in the past about needing a defenseman and I've been more about needing a forward. And I also agree we do need a defenseman, and you also agree we do need a forward. So it's just pick your poison. I mean, you can get, <laughs> they get either or. But forward, I'm I'm all aboard the Anthony Duclair train. Yeah, and I mean, dude, imagine a line of and in this in this instance, if you trade for Duclair, you keep DeBrusque, right? So you can have you yeah. can maintain that secondary scoring and help JD out a little bit, take a little weight off his shoulders. Imagine a second line of say JD on the left 
um, Morgan Geeky down the middle and then Duclair on the right. And then you can go Coil, Freddy, and JVR. Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, Ethan 2.0 put out a poll. I'm trying to remember the players. I believe it was Duclair, Duclair Ferraro in a prospect slash pick for Jake DeBrusque. I think it was Derek Forbert in a prospect slash pick. Yeah. And I mean, I would like to keep I would like to keep uh, Duclair and DeBrus together, but I mean, if it if it takes DeBrus to get Duclair, are you making that trade? No, you no, I wouldn't. Not for Duclair with the, with him and his contract expiring after this year. You're losing a younger player with potential. I wouldn't just I wouldn't trade for Duclair if you have to lose DeBrusque. Definitely not. I mean, I th- I think DeBrusque is only a year younger, isn't he? I believe so, but I mean, still, like, if you're trading for Duclair, I think you're trading to add him into that secondary scoring unit to to deepen it n- instead of just replacing DeBrusque. Yeah, you know, and, uh, and I, yeah, no, that's a good point because we've mentioned it before. Like, this Bruins team is just littered with bottom six guys. Like, they they have right, like it is four, maybe three top top six guys and the rest of the team like they're solid players but like they they need the horses to win some of these games and you're right if you were to trade DeBrusque even though he hasn't been performing offensively this year like that is a guy who has been a proven top six uh performer in the past you just kind of need him to get there again and uh if you were to trade Duclair who is a top six guy who's a proven 30 goal scorer and to pair him with DeBrusque or you mean Oof, I'm getting excited thinking about it. I don't know. When, when's the NHL trade deadline? How much time do they have? Um, I wish I knew that off the top of my head, but I mean, there's, there's going to be so many guys that come out around the deadline that are all of a sudden be going to, you know, going to become available to oh, yeah. Don Sweeney and Cam Neely to make a move for. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking to teams about guys right now that we haven't even nobody even considered to be on the trade deadline on the, on the yeah. trade block. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to jump to this other question from uh, Frederick for MVP. Uh, they said PWHL Boston team name ideas. And I have one right off the bat. So I wanted to, I wanted to kind of dive into the, the history of, you know, um, it, like the history of women in Boston, right? Because obviously the, the PWHL is a, it's a pioneering league, obviously. Um, it's 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 um, garnering a lot of attention and a lot of movement within the hockey world. And a lot of people were upset because they don't have team names yet, right? They're just named after the city. So I started to dig deep into the history of, of influential women in the city. And what struck me was in 1917, the Charleston – or, sorry, the Charlestown Navy Yard first opened its doors to women workers. In World War II, they dominated the the um, the, the shipyard. They were building ships. They were basically fixing up, you know, navy boats, ships, battleships, aircraft, everything. They were fixing them up, and they were the main drivers of that yard. And I don't know how well this would work, but what about the Boston Yard? And it's like a ship theme and a harbor theme. And their 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 logo can be like an anchor and a woman, like almost like the Riveteers that with the that logo. Um something like that I was thinking of. I'm sure sh- I'm sure if we workshopped it a little bit more, we could find something better. 
But for right now, I think the Boston Yard would be kind of cool. That would be cool. And I like the the homage that you're paying there to uh, the history behind it as well. Because, dude, you're right. Like, the, the PWHL, it's so cool. And seeing, like, all of the content that they've been putting out the last couple of days, and even, like, the way that they're running the league is just, like, it's so awesome. They have no yeah. blackouts. The point system, it's 3-2-1. You get three points for a win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime or shootout loss, and zero points for just a loss. Like, yeah. that... Duh, like that makes that's, sense. what the hell? Like that makes so much sense. They have uh, I believe they then put all all games on YouTube so you can watch them after. And then the the best rule I've ever heard in my entire life is yes. when they score a shorthanded goal, the penalty ends. Yes. That is like come on. Like that is just the perfect rule. And uh in a way, like they're they're almost like setting the way for some of the things that the NHL can do. Like, I hope that the NHL is closely watching this to see how these rules are affecting the league. I know the NBA is really close with the, um, the WNBA, like they're, uh, like they, there's huge marketing and branding put behind the WNBA, WNBA by the NBA and the yep. NBA supports the hell out of those teams, out of those players, out of that, uh, that league. And I hope that the NHL will do the same thing for the PWHL or even not like on a, on a league level, but like organizationally, like I know the Bruins are they're they're really getting behind the team from Boston. I think it's awesome. I know just today they put the video out of Patrice Bergeron who was yep. speaking to, to the Boston team. And he was, it was really cool. Like the way that he was telling him like, you know, this is such an unbelievable opportunity. Like you guys are pioneers, you know, you're inspiring millions of girls and of women across the world who want to play hockey they're following your lead and you know for Bergeron like you know the the captain of the Boston Bruins to go in there and to, to speak with them and he was the one who helped give out the C's and the A's and Hillary Knight too holy shit yeah, like, shout out shout out yeah like she's like the biggest name in women's hockey and she's playing right up the street they're playing in Lowell right I believe that's their they're playing, yeah, they're playing at the Saga right? Center yeah yeah like it's like we've been so lucky with the sports teams that we've had here in Boston, like the yeah. Boston Bruins, obviously the Celtics, the Patriots, even though they're dumpster fire right now, the Red Sox, <laughs> we had the Boston pride. Like they were unbelievable as well, which by the way, the Boston pride, like awesome team. Well, we're talking about team names, awesome team name, awesome jerseys, everything behind that team. And now we have this team from Boston, the PWHL team with like littered with superstars. Hillary Knight is a fantastic ambassador, not just for, uh, uh, you know, women in hockey, but for the game of hockey as well. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a good time for hockey and I'm excited to continue to follow the league and to see everybody support them. I know that there's been uh, an outpouring of support for this league on Twitter. It's cool. I'm seeing all these clips. I don't have her name in front of me, but a couple nights ago, I might've been last night. Um, I think it was New York. New York was playing somebody in the inaugural game. Yeah. Whoever New York was playing. I think it was Toronto. It might've been Toronto. Yeah. She just went down the boards and just like one of the cleanest snipes. I've ever oh, I just tucked it right under the cross. I almost threw up. I was like, this no, it was gross. Right under the crossbar. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. She just cocked back and fight. I think I tweeted like, there's not a goalie in the world who could stop that. Who could stop yeah, that. It was a rocket. Yeah. Like the level of hockey, you know, just, just from the NHL, the PWHL, everything going on in the world juniors right now. It's uh it's a good time to be a hockey fan. I'm excited yeah. to continue to follow this league, but I like yeah. I like where, where your head's at thinking about the team names. I think that there's a good way for a lot of these teams to pay homage to some of the uh, 
their their history and their city and everything and the influence that women has ha- have had as well yeah like this is a great oh. opportunity to honor the women uh, not, not only in boston but across the the country in canada as well um where these teams are located so like if you can get into the history and, and put a spotlight on something that maybe some people don't know like do it put bring more attention to something amazing that they did like w- without their help in the shipyard in world war ii who knows who knows where we'd be right now right like all the men go off to fight the women step up and they do their job and look at when we all work together that's that's when we're at our best so, so is, I, is that like something is that the reason why like the jerseys are so bland and why they don't really have names or is it like yeah pending okay. yeah because there's no yeah, there's it, no like branding yet yeah, because I remember when they first debuted the jerseys a couple months ago, and I was like, and everybody was like, what the hell is this? Everybody had the exact same jersey, just yeah. different colors. And it was like, come on, like, if you're making a league, like, this is like, it almost felt kind of, I, I thought it felt a little disrespectful. Like, yes. this is the jerseys, and this is the branding and the marketing, like, like, you have this whole new league that you're building up, and this is, you don't even give them team names. Or I think the team names that they have are just kind of like, like the New, York team, the New York team plays in like Bridgeport, Connecticut. Like that's, that's like an hour from New York. It was just, <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of weird. So um, if that's their plan, they're going to put some, you know, they're still feeling out what they're going to name these teams and they're going to put some proper branding and some uniforms and everything behind them. Then I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I actually, I, I was in the same boat as you, right? At first, when they first announced everything, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, they don't have a team name. They don't have branding. All they have is like team colors. I was like, okay, like that's a little weird. But now that the season's underway and there's more attention to it, I think this is when you're going to get team name ideas that are going to happen organically, right? And it's going to be like, oh, these guys play with like so much heart or, or these guys just grind out wins. Like you're going to build up more team identity. And I think that way you're going to be able to organically kind of come up with a team name, team branding, like, you know, basically a team culture at that point. But yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah. But I mean, so that was it for the DM questions, but I did want to start to do this thing. So we're going to do our three stars of the week. And I was thinking we kind of go back and forth, right? So we'll name our third star together. We'll name our second star together. And then we'll name our first star together. So okay. uh, I'll start. So my third star of the week, um, this player, he's, he's, he's a, he's a mass native. He's, he's a grinder, but five points in his last three games, three goals, two assists. He actually has three goals on four shots. And that's Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle, is my third, Charlie Coyle is my third star of the week. Um, producing at an unbelievable rate throughout the season. I mean, he's set to smash his career high in points, um, but he's been a leader all season. And this week, especially coming off the Christmas break for him to come in and, you know, kind of be that steadfast three C that we have and produce at this rate and kind of just be a leader by observation on the team. I think he's my third star. My third star of the week is the Kevin Shattenkirk. Hey. Fantastic week of hockey. The last th- in the last three games of this previous week, he has not been out for a single goal against. And and he also had a good two-goal game the other night. He had career goal number 100. He's been playing fantastic hockey all season, honestly. And I yep. think Kevin Shattenkirk, um, you know, the Bruins signed him in the offseason, and he's a good veteran presence. You know, you knew he was gonna be that third pairing guy. And 
whatever you got out of Kevin Shattenkirk, cool, you know, we'll take it. And I think that he's honestly been one of their more reliable defensemen at times. I feel like when he's not in the lineup, he's definitely missed. And um, for a guy who, when he is playing, you don't always know who's going to be his defensive partner. Forbert's been hurt. Now Lorai is playing. Maybe he's playing with Walter Spoon. You don't know who he's playing with. But despite that, he's been playing fantastic hockey, consistent hockey. And the last week or so, you can even say last four to five games, I think he's played some of the best hockey of his season. So he's my third star of the week, Kevin Shattenkirk. I like that pick. And yeah, 100th career goal too. I mean, absolutely deserves a star. Um, my second star of the week, this is a man who's on a mission right now. He's just an absolute wrecking ball out there while also producing offensively, throwing hands, getting in the faces of the opponents, just kind of setting the tone. And that's number 11, Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick Ooh. is my second star of the week. Two goals, two assists, four points, and a plus five. He's a plus five. He has the highest plus minus. And I know plus minus, you know, take it as you want. But it's it's still – oh um. A noteworthy statistic, in my opinion, but Trent Frederick um, scoring a goal against Detroit, taking it to the net, absolutely knocking. Uh, what, what was the goalie's face? Is that Lion in Detroit? Knocking Lion yeah, down, yeah. and then getting in Sherratt's face right after, not even celebrating a goal. <laughs> Just be like, all right, fine, you want to go now? Um, <laughs> setting the tone, Trent Frederick, the Fred Show, as uh, Lovell likes to call him. He's my second star of the week. Freddie for heart. Pretty far. Um, that's a good pick. My second star of the week might be a bit of a safe pick. And to that, I can say, piss off. This is my <laughs> list. You make yours. I'm taking David Posterdock. Yeah. Everybody's been talking about the play that Jake DeBrusque has had, rightfully so, five points in his last three games. David Posternock has six points in his last three games, almost single-handedly beat the Devils on his own with two goals and an assist, a three-point night. He's firing the puck nonstop. He had six shots against the Red Wings. I believe he had four against the Devils. Guys out there humming. He is the is the life force of this offense. Everything goes through him, and there's a reason the Bruins have hung 14 goals in the last three games after struggling to put the, the puck in the back of the net over the last two weeks or so, and a large part of that is because of play of, of David Posternock, I almost said Jake Posternock. <laughs> David Posternock this last uh, week or so here. So Pasta is my second star of the week. Well, speaking of Jake Posternock, I'm moving on to my number one <laughs> star of the week, and that's Mr. Jake DeBrusque. Um, You know, after a terrible start to the beginning, he comes in off the Christmas break with everybody and their mother on his back about not producing. And what does he do? He comes in. Two goals, three assists, five points in three games, um, seven shots. He's shooting at a 28.6 shooting percentage over these past three games. He's got one game-winning goal, and he's my number one star just basically because of you know the pressure that was put on him. Everybody kind of getting on his case about not producing, and, and the fan base honestly starting to turn on him. And he took that, and he ran with it, and all of a sudden – He's got five points. He's he's he is hot. So go back to what I said earlier in the episode. Hot as a piston. <laughs> oh man, I just dropped my headphone. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, how hot Jake Tabuska is. <laughs> yeah, I gotta cool down. Um, yeah, you know, I I'm also taking Jake Tabuska as my first star of the week for every yep. reason that you just said. Um, I'm, the guy's been hearing it. All year. I mean, on a national stage, on a local stage, on social media, on radio, on TV, Jake DeBrusque has been one of the most underwhelming parts of this season for the Bruins. 
And, um, you know, for him to have the last couple games that he's had, and he's just looked like a totally different player than he has all season. I think you and I, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings when he scored that goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, against the Devils, and yep. you're like, who scored? Who scored? And I was like, the, the Brusque? Was that the Brusque? <laughs> you're like, oh my god, it was Jake the Brusque. And then uh, you know he got the empty netter the other night too. And you know he's been playing good two way hockey, and it's nice to see him finally find the back of the net and some of the offensive production start to take off. So he's my first star of the week. Hey. I, I got to point it out, but every time we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, it seems like the Bruins turn out a couple of wins. Listen, I don't know what it is about me in restaurants because when me and <laughs> Ethan would go to Chili's, the Bruins are undefeated when we go to Chili's. I remember when they were having that three-game skid earlier in the year, me, Ethan, and my roommate from college, Mike, went to Chili's. Sure enough, they beat San Jose and stopped the skid. I don't know. There might be something there with me and going to food, going to restaurants when the Bruins are not playing well. And you know, if anybody wants to hit my Venmo, Nick underscore Melanson, <laughs> you know, you can buy me some food. Or they also don't lose when I'm in attendance. You can buy me a ticket. I don't know. But when Sully yeah. and I are in attendance at a Bruins game or in attendance at Buffalo Wild Wings, good things seem to go the Bruins' way. So just something to think about for everybody listening out there. Anytime the Bruins start to slump. Yeah, if you guys see any pictures of me and Mel out to dinner on Twitter, just go to DraftKings and just money line all day. Um, Hammer that money line. (laughs) Yeah, so those were our three stars of the week. Um, To close out this episode, we'll do a quick – we'll do four games since the Blue Jackets game is on right now. It actually just started, so 0-0, 19 minutes left in the first. Um, Mel, quick prediction tonight. Um, I'm going to say, damn, tickets for as low as $15 for this game. That's crazy. I'm going to say the Bruins went 4-1, to one and Merkulov gets the second goal for the Bruins to make it a 2-1 to one lead. I'm going to say B's got a 5-3 to three win, Pasta has a hat trick, Freddie with a goal, and Coyle with a goal. Damn, look at you. <laughs> All right, uh, Penn's Bruins in Boston. I think there's going to be a, a, a sneaky, extremely competitive game. I'm yep. going to say the Bruins win 4-3 to three in overtime. I'm in the same boat as you. I think there's going to be a little bit more offense. I think it's going to be reminiscent of that game last year where Hampus went end-to-end to end it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say six to end five. To end Bruins. To end it? I know you know that's yeah. I say the Bruins win in overtime six to five. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's oh, gonna so be a shootout. Just don't have any faith in Swayman or uh, who's starting tonight? Is it Allmark? I believe Allmark started tonight. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, all right, and then Bruins Tampa in Boston. Well, listen. Oh. I this is a game I would normally pick the Bruins to win. But I heard that Boosie might be in attendance. There's a chance oh, he might be in the game. And because of that, we all know his luck and go in a Bruins game. So uh no, they're gonna pull it out. I'm gonna say four to two Bruins. I'm gonna say three to two in overtime. Back to back games too. Whoa. Wins. Okay. Bruins are just dishing out points, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then finally to close out this prediction, Bruins in Colorado. Oh man, that game's at nine. That sucks. Yeah. Um Oh, that starts a four game West Oh, well, they play St. Louis, but still. Um I'm gonna say that they lose that game three to two. I'm also in the same boat as you. I think they lose four to two. Damn! <laughs> yeah. 
same brain wave same boat same boat but um yeah so that's our four game prediction um we're gonna hop off now watch this columbus game before our men's league game tonight um big tilt just wanted to give a shout out to everybody listening i hope you all had a happy new year um we wish nothing but the best to you guys for you know in in 2024 nothing but happiness and health for you and your family and your loved ones um but yeah, I mean, exciting time to be a Bruins fan right now. Um, Three-game winning streak, depending on what happens tonight in this Columbus game. Um, plenty of rookies to cheer on. Beecher, Lorai, Merkulov. Keep an eye on Lysel down in Providence. Um, Matthew Potter coming back. It's going to be exciting to see him back in the lineup. Um, but yeah, Bruins are playing good hockey out of the Christmas break. 3-0 and as of right now. Um, David Posternak is still hot. Jake fucking DeBrusque is hot as a piston. And <laughs> he is, it, hopefully, you know, we get to see him continue to march um, up the score sheet, get more goals, get more assists, just get the haters to shut up a little bit and, and earn yourself mm-hmm. a good contract, um, but not too good of a contract. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but outside of that, once again, um, you can follow our show's account on Twitter at Bruin something no G at the end. We've been posting shorts on YouTube. Follow that channel at something's Bruin. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore a connoisseur of crab rangoons and sushi. He is. That's right. Baby. Don't forget the pumpkin beer. Can't forget the pumpkin beer. But um, <laughs> as always, I want to remind everybody, we are brought to you in partnership with the one and only primetime productions. You can follow them on Twitter at primetime prods. And until we meet again, hopefully a nice little Bruins four game winning streak. Extend that to seven. I don't yeah. want the Bruins to lose a game by the next time we hop on this show. So let's hope for a four game winning streak. Um, extend that to seven with the three we've run out of the Christmas break. I want this team firing on all cylinders. The guy's legs are fresh. The guy's minds are fresh. Jake DeBrusque is hot. Take advantage. And until hot then, piston. hot as a piston. And until then, we'll catch you all next week. On the mausoleum floor, blood stains the Coliseum doors, lies on the lips of a priest. Thanksgiving disguises a feast, rolling in the Rolls Royce Caniche. Only the doctors got this, I'm hiding from police. Cocaine seats, all white, like I got the whole thing bleached. Hold the line. All right. Love you, you want to do it?